weeks, so there's obviously nothing but yes. stuff to talk about. Uh, I did happen to go to the theater and check out The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is yes. Dracula on a boat, for lack of a better kind of tagline. And I had hopes for this movie. I don't know that I would say that they were high hopes, but mm-hmm. from the trailers, I was like, this could be a really fun, I put this in my letterbox review, a really fun gothic horror movie set on a boat. Like, that's great. Yeah. It's not great. It is one of those movies that is like, I'm not sure how you managed to stretch such little story into nearly two hours. The movie's like an hour, 56 minutes. Yeah. And it is based on one singular chapter from Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is the captain's log, uh, which is what this is. The entire thing is. And the movie is just nothing happened it's literally just like a a a ship full of people go from Mm -hmm. bulgaria to london carrying cargo which happens to house dracula and they all get torn apart like it's what you exactly think is going to happen yeah and stretching this thing out to two hours like about an hour and a half in i was like okay like nothing new has happened dracula has slid another guy's throat oh and another guy's throat and they're still not doing anything about it and I think that, like, the the amount of illogical things that happen... Like, this is a movie that, as I was watching, I was like, oh, Willis, but I fucking hate this movie, man. <laughs> it's just people doing the dumbest stuff. And with Dracula, and, like, I had a very similar uh, thing to say about the Boogeyman, there's set rules about Dracula. Can't yeah. go out during the sunlight, drinks blood. Like, there's very specific things that they lay out. And then they just don't do anything with that information. It's like, oh, he can only come out in the sunlight. Let's go look for him in the dead of night. Like, what? <laughs> like, you know that he's yeah. in a coffin somewhere. Like, you can just do this when it's nighttime. You have yeah. most of the day to find him. And then you have you literally just do 12 it. hours to do, like, yeah. whatever is going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't. I would lose my mind. It's weird also because the production value is high. The stuff on the ship looks phenomenal. Like, really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is really cool. The VFX are pretty strong. And, you know, the the um, the performances are good. Corey Hawkins is in it. He's great. David Desmolchin is great in it. He's really doing something different than he... He's usually the weird, mm-hmm. scary, yeah. like, scared, anxious guy. He's like a dickhead in this, and it works really well. Um, and I don't want to besmirch Andre or- Orvidal. This is his first movie, but man, oh, man, like, this money could have been used so much better. Yeah. In, in, I remember in, in, people... I remember people talking to me like, this seems like it's like a similar setup to Alien. Like, this could be like a huge thing. And I'm like, I, I get the setup, sure. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you're talking about top tier Ridley Scott. like mm. Right. Uh, you know, I'd still check it out. It's not for me, but some people I was with liked it a lot. So like, still check it out in a theater if you can. Like, you might have oh, fun with is, it. This is the guy that did Troll Hunter. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, which is well, good, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not terrible. Um, yeah, which I guess this isn't terrible either. Like, there are good things about it. It's just not a successful Dracula movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah, I don't know. It's two two out of five stars for me. Not not loving it. Won't be checking it out again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's I. that was one of those I was like, I feel like I could watch that. I do yeah. like Dracula stuff. I'm like, I could get on board, but... I'm going to go ahead and cross that off my <laughs> Skip list. Skip that. And it's not uh, scary. That's the other thing. I'm like, not scary yeah. in the slightest. Like, I, it is what it is. 
that could be like a, I don't want to say a Saturday morning, but that could be like, I'm going to put this on while I do other things. Oh yeah. When it hits streaming, like might as well. (laughs) Nice. Um, I want to talk, what do I start with here? I want to talk about a movie I watched that I know you are a big fan of, and that's uh, Asteroid City. Very different from the the Dracula movie there. Um, But uh, I watched that movie. It hit Peacock, I believe, the other day um, Mm -hmm. for streaming. And (laughs) I really like this movie. I feel like I have to watch this movie about 14 more times. Same. Yeah. Because I do firmly believe it's one of those that you're just going to peel more and more layers back, you know, and just understand more and more and more. I will say I was a little lost on parts of it. Not lost. Like lost isn't the word. Like I was watching it and I like knew I wasn't getting all of it. Totally. You know what I mean? It's dense. And like, I'm like. This there's something going on in this scene here that I'm just not grabbing right now. And I'm sure again, if I watched two, three, four, fourteen more times, it would all become aware. Um Totally. And I think a lot of that was the just the glamour from the visuals in it. But uh Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I don't know how like he pulls together casts like this. I just like I mean, you know. It's Wes Anderson, and a lot of them are Wes Anderson standards, you know? Sure. Um, but uh, a but lot of them are Wes. not. A lot of them are not, and a lot of them are still, like, A-list. You know what I mean? Like, what a strange role for Steve Carell. Yeah. His entire thing, I'm like, I don't really know what that was. Yeah. Um, or Matt Dillon. <laughs> or Matt Dillon. Or Maya Hawk. you know? Cranston, um, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like. I don't know. I mean, fantastic. Like he, Wes Anderson doesn't make bad movies. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, I'm like, I have a, a pin in it because I'm like, I have to go back and watch this again. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't know. It, I don't know. I like want to like hypothesize on what I think is going on, but I, I don't think I have a good enough grip on it to say like, <laughs> here's, here's what I think is happening. But Totally. And I think that was the point. Like, this is his, and for Wes, it's kind of strange that this is his most, like, no pun intended, alienating movie where, like, you're kind of like, who am I supposed to see myself as in this movie? Like, none of the characters kind of, I didn't really relate to everyone, but I related to everyone in a tiny little bit, like a little moment. I'm like, oh, I see there's something about Scarlett Johansson here where I'm like, I can understand this character. Um, Yeah. In Tom Hanks, well, and there's, I'm just like, uh. there's hints of this, but there's also like a lot of just like kind of lack of humanity to a lot of them. Yes, you know that I that like you look at Steve Carell's character, and there's no I don't know why I'm harping on his, but like there's no there's balance nothing. there. Yeah. Like I part of the what I was trying to unpack was even like, well, like is there like alien? like things going on here beyond like the what's happening in the plot. You know what I mean? Like, right. Is this whole thing just like part of that? Um, Because like, there's all these weird characters that yeah. don't seem to have humanity to them. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. I want to watch it again. Um, Yeah. Do you think it's the most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson movie? I actually don't No. No, I would. No. Yeah. 
I think Grand Budapest is his most Wes Anderson. I think Grand movie. Budapest or Moonrise Kingdom, I think, is very uh Moonrise, yeah. 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 But man, he doesn't like you said, he, he the worst movie he makes is a four out of five, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like he doesn't go below that. Insane. I do want to go back and revisit Bottle Rocket too, because I feel like I watched yeah. Bottle Rocket before I realized that it was like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. And before a Wes Anderson movie was a Wes Anderson movie. So it'd be interesting to come back at it with that. Uh, yeah. That view. Especially if you just watched this. Asteroid City, like <laughs> yeah. going from yeah. the newest to the earliest. Like, oh, that's really interesting. Actually, I might have to do that juxtaposition. Yeah. Hey, uh, streaming on Hulu. Oh, perfect. Let's go. Let's go. Have you heard of a movie called A Simple Favor? Directed by Paul Feig? Yeah. Yes. Starring Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. And yes. Harry Golding. Why did this just come across my radar recently? Did you just I I logged log it last it? week. Yeah. 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 So I remember this... <laughs> looking at this being like, what is this? Yeah. So this Tell is a more. movie that I found while I was just scrolling endlessly on Prime just to find something simple, 90 minute watch. And mm-hmm. I came across this movie and I'm like, oh, this looks trashy. Like, let's see <laughs> what this is about. Oh, it's Paul Feig. Oh, it has really good ratings on Letterboxd. Oh, let's fire this up. I loved this movie. This movie is like a trashy conspiracy mystery comedy thriller that's like... It's like if Paul Feig directed like a conspiracy thriller where yeah. Anna Kendrick plays this vlogger mommy, which I need to, maybe this is all she can do, but like her zone is firmly just herself. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't, the bubbly anxiety inducing kind yeah. of character, she plays it well, but my God, I, I'm getting a little sick of it. Blake Lively plays like this girl boss type of character, always wearing pants suits, got a nice house. Their kids go mm-hmm. to the same school. They strike up a friendship. And one day, Blake Lively asks Anna Kendrick to pick up her kid from school. She never comes back to get him. So mm. it becomes this like, you know, Anna Kendrick's like this keyboard uh, like sleuth trying to figure out like what's going on. She starts uncovering all these mysteries and all of these little clues. And it's really, it's like kind of like this sleuth story um Mm -hmm. mixed into this like erotic thriller between like henry golding's character and and it's just like a really ridiculous fantastic time that i could not stop watching like it's not a movie that i'm like this should win an award no but it is so much more satisfying than so many of these prestige like dramas that you know everyone yeah you know win 15 awards like this movie i was like this is great (laughs) is it is it funny it is funny, but like not totally intentionally. I feel like because like there are you, funny you say moments. Paul Feig and like you know, you think of like Bridesmaids and The Heat and right. I mean all of the Office stuff, but like you know, sure. Um, but it's, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't peg him for that kind of thing. I guess. Right. It's like a less serious version of those kinds of movies where like mm. it is funny, like Anna Kendrick has funny lines and stuff. They say it like the the chemistry between Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively is h- truly hilarious because it's like sarcastic versus someone who doesn't understand that. Um, sure. So I don't know. I recommend this. I think it's still on Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it is a really, really easy watch. And Blake Lively is phenomenal in it. Like she's great in everything. But this was a turn where I was like never actually seen you do this like be like the straight up like 
mysterious bitch. I was like, this is yeah. really interesting. So I recommend a simple favor. Very strange All right. film. <laughs> All right. Um, I will put that on my list. I mean, like, I hear what Just, you're saying yeah. with Anna Kendrick. It's like, it is very much always like the similar thing. Like, I don't know if she has it in her to do something like terrifying or if it's just like if that is just yeah interesting yeah which i was kind of like you know it is what it is she's got typecast she gets a lot of work with it so fine by me but um but yeah so simple favor (laughs) um i am gonna shift to something um wildly different um nice i finally after much anticipation uh Mm. watched shin kamen rider Yes. Um, which is the third in the trilogy. It's not a trilogy, but like the third, I'll the say, series? reboot kind of thing uh, of uh, Hideki Anno's recent films um, paired with Shin Godzilla and um, Shin Ultraman, which I love both of those dearly. Um, yeah. It's a very similar kind of vibe. It takes a little bit bit to get going because it's much more so like Shin Godzilla is very much about the politics of cleaning up after a giant monster that's destroying everything totally um you know which is like really really fascinating um Shin Ultraman is a little more I I hesitate to say traditional but more in line Mm -hmm. with like you know here is an alien that has come to earth and like he's trying to find his way around Mm. Shin Kamen Rider or Shin Masked Rider, as it's listed on Amazon. Um, gotcha. Is about, like, genetic modification and, like, basically people being fused with animals and insects. Um, sure. So, like, Common Rider, Masked Rider is a grasshopper hybrid cyborg. Sure. Um, and they wear these really intense masks. It's very much more in the, like, Power Rangers Monster of the Week kind of thing. Ah, um, so it takes a little bit to be like, what on earth am I watching? Yeah. Um, and it's a little more campy, but like the thing I'll say about Anno is like, he does these things really well and ha- like offers such respect to the original content. Right. In that, like, it feels like a Godzilla movie. It feels like an Ultraman movie. And this feels like a Common Rider movie. Or like it's you know it feels like 70s monster camp right but it's done with a lot of heart and a lot of just like style and once it really gets going i i was like in there i will say i think of the three of them this is my least favorite but like okay. it's still really good man and he does this thing with like the character work and i won't spoil it because it would be like a a spoiler but like i got to the end of it and i'm like how did we go through those steps of character development that we ended here right you know what i mean because it's like it's such a it's so hard to phrase this without spoiling it but like it's such <laughs> a shift yeah that like to arrive where you arrive at the end you're just like oh but like I thought we were over here. Right, right. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that all unpacks in like the last 30 minutes. Um, Interesting. 
it's very weird. There's definite Kill Bill vibes to it. You know, it's him oh. going around taking out different Yakuza leaders or Shocker leaders as they're sure. called. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Shocker is an anagram for something. I don't remember, but um, gotcha. Evil organization kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, worth it. I, like I'm, I've been hyped for this since I learned that he was making it. Um, yeah. The rumor is he's going to do a crossover uh, film with this with Common Rider Godzilla. And Ultraman. Um, and Ultraman. And potentially, like, the the Avas from Evangelion. Really? I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Because, I mean, he's the guy for all of those, so, yeah, like... Yeah. Totally. Hell of a shared universe. Why um, not, man? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So... That's awesome. I don't know. If in my lifetime I watch Godzilla take on an, an Ava, I I don't know yeah. what I'll do. I can Directed happy, by but, Anno? Uh, I mean, let's directed go. Directed by Anno, yeah. Um... <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, so it's a very weird movie, but I, I mean, I will never not love his stuff. It's great. yeah, totally. So the only connection between them is that it's basically a reimagining of some kind of mythical Earlier property. Property, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I want to say, Anno back in the day, like worked on Ultraman. Sure. That would and, make like, sense. Worked on, I don't know. I don't think worked on Godzilla, but worked on Kamen Rider. Um, For sure. Yeah. I mean, he's done all kinds of anime stuff. Um, He did an Ultraman short in the 80s. That's probably what I'm thinking of. But, gotcha. Uh, but, but still, yeah, he was part yeah. of interesting. Jeez. Well, I, I need to watch all of these. I know that this was on Prime, correct? This, yeah, just dropped on Prime. Okay. Um. I was really pissed because I was super excited because I got notified about this. And then the day later I got notified about baby assassins too. Yeah. They've made another baby assassins oh movie. Um, but something in the internet is weird and everything that links to baby assassins too is really just linking to baby assassins. So, so it's just like, a big hoax, you, a big you conspiracy. Could, you, I mean, you search Amazon, you, you search for baby assassins too on amazon or anywhere and it's just like here's the link and then it goes to baby assassins so there's some kind of glitch in the matrix that's keeping me from watching uh baby assassins, baby assassins too. Too. god but damn it i was gonna double feature it and i was hyped yeah then Salem. but nothing oh my god that's very strange i wonder if that's some sort of a weird marketing ploy or just a straight up glitch that's hilarious <laughs> oh man well Speaking of monsters, I guess yeah. I don't know. I went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, in IMA- not in IMAX, unfortunately. I wish it was in an IMAX theater because it was filled with children. They're all mm. yelling and running around and kicking my chair, and I was not a happy camper. But I didn't leave because the movie is so damn good. Uh, yeah, this movie rocks, dude. It's not like anything. It doesn't reinvent the wheel per se, but to have mm-hmm. a movie that is this well-made, put together, and complete, and you know that everyone cared a lot about it. I mean, Seth Rogen's team has come out, and they've had you know animators come out that said, like, yeah, they basically said, finish it when you finish it. Like, there's no wow. deadline. You don't have to crush, for, you know, 90-hour weeks to do this. Like, well, it'll come out when it comes out. And I'm like, that's really fantastic. That's awesome. Um, directed by Jeff Rowe. This is a feature debut. I don't understand he's worked in the industry on tons of stuff before but this is his first real directorial debut and is a sort of coming of age story 
sort of origin story for the turtles and more of just like a a bunch of literal teenage turtles trying to figure out why the world treats them the way that they do, which is just treats them as monsters because they're fucking big turtles that like walk around. And it is hilarious, like truly hilarious, like with that Seth Rogen style, like contemporary humor that's baked into the time period. Like they're using slang that literally was from this year. Like it's, (laughs) it is hilarious what's going on here. Um, And then the art style. And I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's Spider-Verse. I'm like, well, Spider-Verse is the reason this movie exists, but it is yeah. very different from Spider-Verse. This is like a painterly, tactile type of film that I'd never seen before. Like, this is a style hmm. I've literally never seen before. And it fuses 3D animation with 2D in a really brilliant way. Um, and it's just gorgeous all the way through. And, um, and I also want to shout out the voice acting because this, like I said, goes... 15 deep on some of the biggest A-listers you can think of. Yeah. And I couldn't pick out any of them except for Ice Cube and Paul Rudd, <laughs> but Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. And Ice Cube is my favorite in the whole movie. Like, he literally, <laughs> he gives it everything and more. Like, this is the difference between a movie like this and Super Mario Bros, where they had to play it yeah. safe. This is like John Cena and Post Malone and Rose Byrne and Jackie Chan and all these guys just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it fucking works so, so well. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Also, shout out Ayo Edabiri, who's just having an insane year with this. The Bear, I mean, she's in everything right now. She's phenomenal as April O'Neil. And then Micah Abbey, Shimon Brown Jr., Nicholas Contu, and Brady Noon are the four turtles. Never heard of them before. They were all huh. fucking perfect. Crushed. Like, truly yeah. perfect. Um, yeah. I, I loved this movie. Again, doesn't completely change anything, but it sure. was a really solid time at the movie theater. Um, the turtles are always interesting because it's like, in that it says teenage yeah, in the title, yeah, yeah. like, you're kind of bound to a certain like mindset, like, you know, as interesting as it would be to be like, yeah, like show me like their midlife crisis. Right. Like I also am not going to watch that movie cause that's like horrifying, but right. It's interesting. I wonder why it got so much freedom. I wonder like if Par- it was Paramount, right. Owns Nickelodeon. That makes sense. Yeah. If they were just like, yeah. I mean, when was the last time we had a successful, turtles property you know Um, forever yeah 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 and and i think that they just trusted the people involved in seth rogan you know and and it's just one of those movies that like it just it just fits together it works well and it's also a movie about you know it's an allegory for you know what's happening to the trans people in the world and and lgbtq and it's like othering people and why are you othering people and like it's just it just works on a lot of different levels and um and I think the kids liked it. I couldn't tell, but they seem to be enjoying it. But yeah, so I would, I'd highly recommend uh, Mutant Mayhem if you get a chance to see it. Uh, yeah, it's a good stuff. Awesome. Um, I want to shout from the rooftops about uh, the last thing I want to talk about here. Um, and I think you can probably guess where I'm going because I was texting you heavily during watching this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I opened the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, yeah, I got some time to watch. I could, I could be in the mood for a, like a high quality cinema experience. Yeah. Um, and they had a, uh, they had a section on AI, and 
in that section was Johnny Mnemonic. Yep. And then next to that was Johnny Mnemonic, the black and white version. To which I went, the fuck is that? Um, And it is basically the exact same movie as Johnny Mnemonic, but it's been completely desaturated and re, like, I don't want to say colored, recolored, but like. Yeah, re, um, re, uh, remastered we'll say yeah sure um in black and white and i like went and like read about it because i was like why is this why, why um does this exist? And, <laughs> and essentially like got like a little bit of a history on johnny mnemonic in that like robert longo the director who was like a big time artist in the 90s made johnny mnemonic and it was this weird ass movie uh and then in 95 when it came out um, who was it? Who, the studio that was releasing it, whom I can't remember, um, basically had their big summer blockbuster fall through or get delayed or something like that. Mm. Speed had just come out, so Keanu was blowing up, and they turned to Johnny and Monica and said, this is our summer blockbuster now. <laughs> and, like, meddled with it to no end. Yeah. And, like, to be real, it's a weird-ass movie. Yeah. Um. There are parts that are terrible acting and directing and filmmaking. There are parts that are great. It runs the gamut. Um, but there is something about the black and white version that makes this movie absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> like so much of the uh, color version is crowded. Mm, yes. Um, it feels very because it's like neo noir. It's like kind of like there's neon signs everywhere. Like he's, you know, walking down alleys that have big green, you know, floodlights for no apparent reason. Right. Um, and this just cuts away all of that. Um, and you get just this crazy black. It feels very Sin City. Um, <sighs> Interesting. But like not all CG. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it just, it's weird too to revisit because I haven't watched it in a little while, but it's set in 2021 and there's like a disease that's like taking over the planet and the the pharmaceutical companies are like withholding a cure that they have and all of this, like it's weirdly pertinent for 2023. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, man, like it blows my mind that on Letterboxd, 60,000 people have watched Johnny Mnemonic. And as of this recording, um, wait a minute, hold on. As of this recording, Johnny Mnemonic Black and White has been removed from Letterboxd. Wait, your diary entry is no longer there? It just has the regular one. I was like clicking at it, I was looking at it. I'm like, how did this. What? Wait, was your diary entry removed, though? That's the question. No, it's here. It's just on the regular black and white, or it's on the regular color oh. Johnny Mnemonic. I feel like I got to send Letterboxd a... Uh, well, when I a, looked at email. it last week, like 80 people had watched it. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going. Because like yeah. when I watched it, 80 people had watched the black and white version. Yeah. Um, And I think it was up to like 90 as of like a couple days ago. All thanks um, to Criterion. That's, that's messed up that it's like not even here anymore. Well, and the if fact I that click... it just replaced it with the regular one. Yeah. Wow. Um, but go to uh, 
Go to Criterion if you have it. It's also available to rent and buy on uh, Amazon and Apple TV. Um, it is an absolute wild, wild difference between the real one. And I am <laughs> obsessed with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm pissed off at Letterboxd now. That's very strange. I wonder, you yeah. should tweet at them. Be like, hey, yo, what happened to Black and White Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah. <laughs> That's very strange. All eight of us coming out of the woodwork. Straight up, though. I mean, that's um, like that's kind of weird. Never seen that happen before. Yeah. That's awesome. I need. To, I need. I do need to watch that. I haven't seen Johnny Mnemonic in a very, very long it's, time. It's really weird. It's like I watched the first scene is terrible. Yeah. It seems like Keanu Reeves has never acted before in his oh, life, Jesus. and then I'm like, and then you get into it, and it's like. Oh, here it is. Yeah. And it's Ice T and Dolph right. Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren as an absolute insane character. Henry <laughs> Rollins, like, yeah. A who's crazy. who of random people. I love it. That's weird. I'm gonna have to check back on that a lot just yeah. to see, just to see if they ever add it back. And if they do, how are they gonna reckon with that? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna tweet at them right now. You should. Um, I want to shout out one final film here, really quickly, because I just absolutely adored this movie uh it's a movie from this year called rye lane directed by rain allen miller another first feature for people and making me feel really shitty about my work because i'm like how yeah. the hell are people doing this as their first directorial debut um starring uh vivian opera and david johnson as yaz and dom who are two british youth who happen to run into each other one day and the movie mostly takes place within one day where they're just spending time together and learning about each other and trying to help each other through their romantic problems. And then it kind of becomes more of a love story towards the end. Um, it's just a really beautifully made, stylish, like adorable romance, like young romance film that I just loved. Like from start to finish, I was laughing. I put this in my review too. I was like, it made me like literally blush. There were moments where I was hmm. like, they were giving each other looks or something happened where I was like, I remember this. Like I remember these feel like I haven't been in love yeah. in a while, but I'm like, I remember these feelings and like they just radiate chemistry and charisma and it's something really special from two actors that I'd never seen before, from a director I'd obviously never seen before. And it just has this sincerity to it that I find a lot in, like, Nancy Myers movies or, mm -hmm. you know, but that it doesn't come around often these days. And I just, I just loved this movie. It was perfectly paced, perfectly acted, incredibly directed. And, uh, and I need to look up the lens package. I'm remembering this now because it is shot <laughs> on lenses that are just, like, holy, like, wide as hell with distortion but somehow are sharp in the middle mm. and on the edges i was just like with this amazing bokeh and creamy fall off i was like this is i don't know what they <laughs> used here but this is amazing so check out rye lane it's on hulu i absolutely love this movie it might make my top 10 of the year like it's Ooh. it's really that good so um, all right yeah loved it loved it oh nice i actually already have that one on my watch list because it has perfect uh, i think i saw it when you when you posted about it and I texted you. I was like, "This movie's, this movie's fucking awesome." 